Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Jesus Fuel Places podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie Marsh, and I am so excited that you're embarking on this journey with me. Jesus Fuel Places is a space where we chat about all things body, soul, and spirit, and how when you align all three, you unlock a full life. A healthy you is the best gift that you can give to grow the kingdom and to those you love. I'm really excited about today's episode, you guys. And we're going to touch on a lot of stuff in today's episode. If you're seeing the title, you're probably like, okay, I'm ready to see what the actual heck this girl has to say. Am I going to validate your feelings? Am I going to invalidate your feelings? Am I going to tell you your feelings are right? Am I going to tell you they're wrong? I think I'm going to do a lot of the sorts today. And I'm really excited about today's episode. But before we get into the episode, let's chat and let's catch up a little bit because Weeks are feeling longer and longer. January has felt like it is 20,000 years long. I'll be so honest. Does anyone else feel like it's been a year already? Like January itself has been a full year. However, February is now today. You're listening to this. It's February 1st. We made it to February. Thank goodness. Life updates within the past week. A life update as of today, I got another tattoo. I got Spirit Lead Me on the inside of my arm, and I've been wanting this tattoo for a few years now. The sailboat that's on the back of my arm, they're both on the same arm, very much means Spirit Lead Me. The sailboat symbolism, if you haven't listened to the first podcast episode, very much is in tune with the fact that the Holy Spirit guides us like a wind guides a sailboat, and No one says a sailboat is restricted or anything like that. They act like a sailboat is free, but it's being controlled by something. It's being controlled by the wind. In the same exact way, I want people to look at my life and say, oh my goodness, that girl looks so free. Even though I'm being controlled and I'm being moved by the Holy Spirit, my life looks like freedom. Because in reality, I've lived a life in sin and that to me feels more like a prison. Even though the world will describe that as freedom, it's not. It's very much not. So the sailboat is just the reminder of that. And the spirit lead me is also a second reminder of that. And just wanting to be carried by the spirit in every single thing that I do. I love that it's permanently on me now. It makes me so happy. This tattoo has truly been such a long time coming. So I'm so excited to finally have it. And it's great. My college best friend actually drew this design. I'm really big with my tattoos that they're drawn or created by someone who I know. And I just love that my one of my best friends, Reed, was able to draw this for me. So that's really super sweet. And now I have her handwriting on me forever, which is awesome. So cool. Other life updates. Life is just starting to feel really normal. I don't know what normal is really supposed to look like because life is always up and down, side to side, but community is starting up again. If you're around the West Palm Beach area, I'm hosting an event on the 4th, which is the Sunday. It is a Galentine's event at 4.30. It's going to be at a beach. Just message me. I'll give you the exact location. I'm not going to say it on the internet, but I would love if you would come. It's going to be awesome. And it's a free event. It's nothing super official, kind of a little bit of a potluck. I'm just asking everyone to bring a little Galentine's treat, snack, whatever you want. And we're just going to foster community. It's really been on my heart lately how broken South Florida is. And I've seen a lot of it as of lately with guys and girls, just the party scene and gosh, people being drawn into sin because they think that's the only option down here in South Florida. 
It's so not. I have so many friends down here who are incredible. For goodness sakes, we just hosted a little Galentine's thing. We had a mocktail night and I have friends who don't drink, friends who don't go out, who don't live that type of lifestyle, which is so polar opposite to the culture of South Florida sometimes, but it exists. And maybe you're thinking this is an encouragement to you because you don't live in South Florida, but it exists. And I think a lot of times we don't want to be as vocal about our faith, but I think the best thing that has come from me being so vocal about my faith, aside from it hopefully saving people, is the fact that it has been able to foster so much good community. People see my faith, they recognize the lifestyle that I live, and in turn, it attracts the right people. Whereas if I was kind of hiding my faith, I wouldn't exactly be able to attract those people who maybe fit more in line with the kind of people that I'm at least wanting in my inner circle. I try to make a point of, I want to be inclusive to everyone. I don't care what you do, anything in that realm whatsoever. But when it comes to my inner circle, I am really cautious of who knows really deep things about me, who's there to fight those battles with me. I want friends who I know are going to go to battle and prayer for me and always be looking out for what is most honoring to the Lord. And I'm so blessed to say that I have so many good friends who do that. And most of them are from South Florida or I met them in South Florida. All but about two of them, I would say, are from here or I met down here. So it is possible even in an area like South Florida to meet people like that. No matter where you are, it's possible. Put yourself out there. You've got it. The Lord's got a beautiful plan for your life. And I know that includes community. I know that includes good community too. Also, if you're local to the area, we have just been doing so many more sunrises, so many more sunset swims, things like that sort. So seriously, please message me. I think after the Galentines, we're just going to make one big group chat. That's at least my hope. So community can really be fostered. If you're going and randomly doing something, you can reach out to a group of girls and random people can show up and you can get community. If your tire goes flat, if you need a ride somewhere, need a ride to the airport, I think there's no pure love than giving someone or picking someone up from the airport. So I just want to foster an area and a space where that's able to flourish. I am in fact recording in a random hotel parking lot right now, so so many people keep walking by and seeing the camera and are kind of like doing a little bit of a head tilt towards me right now. So that's a little strange, but whatever. We're, we're rolling with it because days like today, I have not really been home whatsoever. I started with sunrise, then we went to breakfast. I came home for about five minutes in between, really quickly changed, went down to my church to serve. Marie met me at my church. Then then I went and got my tattoo, came straight to go get a car wash because it's $5 off on Wednesdays for women. And now we are sitting right next to my car wash in a parking lot recording the podcast for me to hopefully edit a little bit later tonight. And it is now 5.30, so time is catching up and I've still got a lot to do tonight. So let's go ahead and move through life updates and get to our gratitude. First up. If you're new here, we practice gratitude in terms of body, soul, and spirit. Because again, like the little slogan at the beginning says, when you align all three, truly life gets so freaking cool. And I think we can, yes, self-improve all of these areas. It's awesome to do. But if we're not starting with gratitude first, what's the point? I believe if you can't be grateful for your body at the current state it's at, your soul at the current state it's at, and your spirit at the current state it's at, 
even when it might be completely great because you don't have a heart of gratitude, it's going to make it really hard to appreciate those things. So for starters, I want you to tell me something you are grateful for in terms of your body. Next, I want you to tell me something you're grateful for about your soul. That can be your hobbies, your purpose, or your community. Last but not least, tell me something you're grateful for about Jesus. And if you're not a Christian, anything in terms of spirit-wise, you can tell me something you're grateful for in that sense. You guys can write these down. You can DM them to me on Instagram. I seriously love when you guys DM these to me on Instagram. So that would be so appreciated. Post them on your story, put them in a gratitude journal, whatever you're feeling this week would seriously love so much. But now I think it's time to jump into today's episode. This has felt a little bit like a long awaited episode because I texted Lainey a couple weeks ago and was like, should I record an episode on this? I feel like it's something a lot of girls struggle with, but I don't really know what I'd even say. But this is something the Lord's freed me from. So I feel like I should speak on it. Before we get into this, I want to do two things. I want to read scripture because I think that's important. And I want to give a little bit of backstory on my story. First off, I want to read to you guys Matthew 6, 34, because I want us to keep this attitude while we're going throughout this episode, talking through different things, discussing certain things, because this is not something I'm going to be talking about being like, I'm good, did it or whatever. If you somehow haven't seen the title of this episode, today's episode, we're talking about what if Jesus comes back before I meet my husband, before I get married, before I have kids, before that life happens for me. Because I think we're young girls, especially in Christian culture, gosh, it's so hard where the perfect dream life is you get married when you're 21 and you do this and then you start popping out babies and then you do all X, Y, Z. I was serving at church today and this mom was talking about her ninth grader who was saying like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but like my plan is to be like married by 21. My jaw dropped. My jaw dropped. I'm 23, almost 24. I could not imagine being married at 21. And if you are a little bit younger and you do see yourself getting married at 21, good for you. Awesome. Fantastic. But that's such a part of the culture in Christian community. And it's not, I don't want to say it's not normal, but Gosh, there's so many of us girls in our 20s who are struggling with the fact of like, we haven't met our person yet. What do we do when we haven't met our person? And we're kind of low-key terrified that Jesus could come back before we meet them. I don't know about you, but I've spent months, honestly, at this point, years praying over who my husband is being like, I just want to meet you. Okay. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. First, I want to read to you guys, Matthew 6, 34. And this is a very common verse that says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You guys are probably like, really, Mackenzie? You had to choose that verse? Really? Like, I know, I know tomorrow has enough trouble of its own and I don't need to be worrying about tomorrow, but come on, this is the world we live in where we need to be worrying about tomorrow, where we need to be thinking of like all of these different things. And yes, do I think it's good to prepare for the future? One million percent, absolutely. I'm a planner. I'm a type A girl to a T. But when we're sitting in this worry, and I want to break down that worry into anxiety because so many of us are sitting in this anxiety that what if we never meet our person? What if we don't get married by this age? What if we don't do this? What if Jesus comes back? What if we don't have kids? What if, what if, what if, what if? What if? And we put all of those things on this pedestal that 
what if they don't happen? Can you, for two seconds, think about that? What if they don't happen? Is Jesus still enough? Okay, so that that takes us back into a little bit about my story. Like most of you know, I moved to Oxford about a year ago. And within that move, I started having this burning desire to be a mom. I'm 23. I was 22 at the time. And I still felt so young to be having kids. I didn't feel like that was the age I was supposed to have kids anyways. But man, this desire was burning in my heart and I couldn't get rid of it. I would see kids walking on the side of the street in England and I would just start sobbing over the fact that why am I not a mom yet? And again, I'm 22 years old. That didn't really feel normal. And maybe you get that. Maybe you're like, ugh, I don't want kids anytime soon. Sorry if this episode's a little unrelatable for you, but fill in the blank with something else. Maybe it's kids for you. Maybe it's a certain job for you. Maybe whatever that might look like. Maybe it's marriage for you. Fill in that blank there. Mine was kids. And my heart was just ache. And I kept praying of like, okay, God, like, I don't really think I'm going to meet my person anytime soon. Like I'm living abroad. I don't even want to date whatsoever, but I have this burning desire for kids. And I don't believe I'm supposed to do this alone. I don't feel called to that. I want my kids to have a loving, good, gracious father. But man, this desire won't go away. I moved back to the States and that desire stayed there where I then jumped into dating as a, I need, I need this because I want kids so badly and I need kids so badly. And I feel like if I'm at least dating, I'm taking steps in the right direction to get myself to the place that I desire most to be in. When I say that these thoughts captivated my mind 24 seven, I was crying myself to sleep almost every single night in late summer, early fall over the fact that I was not a mom yet. 23 years old, sobbing. Why am I not a mom? Why has my person not come yet? Why have I not met the man I'm supposed to marry? All of these things. And it hurt. I don't know if you've been there. I don't know. You guys might be still 17 being like, nope, can't relate to that one. But again, fill in the blank with whatever your heart desire kind of feels like it is. And I was so confused for the longest time because marriage is biblical. Wanting to be a mother is biblical. Having this nurturing spirit inside of me as a woman is biblical. This desire felt like it was from the Lord. However, it felt so stripping at the same time. Because I think a lot of times we get these desires in our heart and we know that they're a good thing. But I think the enemy also grabs a hold of these desires that the Lord gives us and runs with it. The enemy saw how nurturing of a spirit I had and my desire to be a mom and just ran with it. He instead distracted my mind 24-7 where I was so not concerned about doing anything else other than taking steps to become a mom. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to pour into community. I didn't want to travel. I just wanted to be a mom. 24-7 this captivated my mind. And I kept praying that whole time saying, God, if this is not a desire I'm supposed to have, please remove it. And I think for those of you who haven't prayed that prayer, that's a really bold step. It's also a really hard step of saying, I want this so badly, but God, please remove it. I want kids so badly. I want to be a wife, 
so badly, but God, please remove this desire because I feel like it's leading me the wrong way. A few months into this, I went to a conference and Jenny Allen spoke on a sin or a thought or something that is holding you back. It was like your last 1% you needed to share. And I looked at my best friend in that moment and I said, my desire to have kids is holding me back from everything. And I looked at her and I said, if it doesn't happen, I'm okay. And I've said that before, but that was the first time I meant it. Of the Lord is so sweet and such a good father that I think he's going to bring me that desire of my heart. I do believe he placed that desire in my heart, but even if he doesn't, I'm okay with that. And that took me a long time to get to. It was probably eight months of crying all the time over doubting if that ever happened. My biggest fear in life that I can't have kids, that I'll have a miscarriage, all things in line with struggling to have kids or not being able to have kids. Thus, the thought of what if Jesus comes back before I'm able to be a mom pokes into my head all the time. But if you listen to my past episode talking about fasting and also the episode where I share my testimony, I talked about how I came to the reality that even if I wasn't blessed one more day in my life, would what Jesus did for me on the cross be enough? And that's a question I think every single one of us have to answer in our lives. We're given so many good things as his children. But life also sucks. Sin also rules this world. We lose people. We lose ourselves. Things don't always happen the way we want. And for the standpoint of my faith, I had to come to a really harsh reality. If this never happens, if Jesus comes back before, if I can't have kids, if I'm not called to have kids, will Jesus still be enough for me? If you clicked on this episode and maybe you haven't listened to anything I've ever said before or you're new here or this episode specifically stood out to you, I want you to sit in that question a lot because I think I could give a ton of advice and be like, oh, we'll do this and then do this and think about this and all these different things, but it's going to take a minute. I thought about that question for a long time. I learned about Jesus for a long time. I pursued Jesus for a long time. I sacrificed for Jesus a long time. It wasn't an overnight fix. But in September, I did reach that place where I now fully believe if Jesus comes back before I get to be a wife and before I get to be a mom, that's more than okay with me. Because more than the love I'll have for my husband, more than the love I will have for my kids, I love Jesus. I think when we look at life as, oh, well, I need to do this before Jesus comes back or I need to do this before a certain age or anything like that, it puts this pressure on you to just find someone quickly. Let me just tell you, if you are so passionate about wanting kids and raising kids in a great home, don't rush through this. Don't rush through dating. Don't settle in dating. Don't just marry the person you're with at a certain age because you want kids by a certain age. 
don't marry the person you're with because you want to get married by a certain age or you feel the need to get married now because what if Jesus comes back? I want me and I want you to be more concerned about living a life that's God-honoring and living a life that's for Jesus over any of that, over doing something or checking this box or being able to say, we're married by 20-something, we're married before 30. We need to change our perspective because when you're patient and dating and you wait for the person who God has for you, there's so much fruit in that relationship. I've seen that in friends' lives when they've waited and they've been patient and they haven't rushed through their 20s of just, oh, I need to marry this person because I need to be married now. Everyone in the Christian church is married. I need to be married now. Be patient. You deserve it. But if you don't believe that, because certain times I haven't believed that, your kids do. If you're so passionate about having kids like I am, your kids deserve an amazing father or an amazing wife if you're a male listening to this. Don't settle because, yeah, I guess in theory you could get a divorce. But if you have kids with this person, they don't just get a new father. That's their father. You want to raise children with someone who's going to lead them well, who's going to lead you well. You want to build a ministry and a marriage and lead people towards the Lord. You want to support people in community and a marriage. You want to raise children up who know Jesus. Don't rush through this out of fear that Jesus might come back before you get to do XYZ. Things in this life are so much more important than that. And I believe, I truly believe this with all my heart. If we are good stewards of that, the Lord is going to bring us our desires. Because now our desires are so much more in tune with him. It's not, hey God, I really want to be married. It's, hey God, I really want a marriage that glorifies you. And guys, I'm telling you, when you see that, it's worth all the waiting in the world. I've put off doing this episode for a while because I don't want this episode to come across judgmental. That like, oh, you desire marriage more than you desire Jesus, shame on you. That... I do all the time. I did all the time. And I still have days where I do. Where I'm like, yeah, God, I would just like a husband. Hello? Why don't I have one yet? I'm doing all the right things. I'm living and abiding by your word. Why do I not have my dream man yet? I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, it's so frustrating having to sit there over and over and be like, well, okay, maybe he's not ready yet. Maybe I'm not ready yet. But like, screw that. No, I'm ready. Why haven't I met him yet? I too think, like I said, that the desire to be married and to have a family is one that the Lord often gives us, but I think it's also one the enemy tries to use all of the time of, yeah, you desire this really good and pure thing, but I'm going to twist it where you desire those things more than God. And again, that sounds really harsh, like really, really, really harsh, like you have an idolization problem. That's not the way I'm trying to come across with this. Because again, I get it. I really get it. But marriage and kids kind of is idolized in the church and Christian community. We think those things complete us. Even if we don't come right out and say it, we think they make our lives look like a job well done. When in reality, that might not be the calling for your life. If it's a desire you have, yes, that's good and that's great. But 
don't let the enemy use it. Because at the end of the day, no person is going to complete you. And if we're putting marriage on a pedestal above Jesus, it's just going to let us down. That day in September, I prayed a really, really hard prayer. I'd prayed it before, but this was the first time I meant it. I said, God, remove this desire. Period. I don't want anything in my life more than I want you. And after that moment, I stopped dating pretty much entirely. I stopped caring about dating guys because I realized the only reason I was kind of dating or pursuing anyone was because in my brain, I was able to feel like I was doing something in order to get myself towards marriage and towards kids because I was physically doing something. I realized it was more about me needing to do something than it was about trusting it's in God's hands. I wanted to control things. I wanted to control my life. When I prayed that prayer of, God, I don't want to desire anything more than I desire you. He fully took that, you guys. And this might sound like a crazy testimony or an unrelatable testimony, but it's a really strong testimony I have in my life because those thoughts overruled me all of the time. I felt crazy all of the time for how much I cried and sobbed and wept over I need to be a mom. And since that day in September, it's now January, so a couple months have gone by, I haven't cried over that once. Yes, I still really, 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 really want children, and I still really, really, really want to get married, but it's not something I need because I have all that I need in Jesus. And now I'm able to, again, look at children differently where I'm not saying, oh, I'm crying because I'm not a mom. Saying, I want to love you well because you're a child of God. And I'm looking at guys in a way of, oh, yeah, I can go on a date very casually and not think this man needs to be my husband after a first date. Because odds are, he's probably not. I get to date with a lot clearer eyes knowing that It's on God's timeline and not mine. I'm able to walk into conversations with guys knowing and believing that they are not where I find security. Marriage with them is not where I find security. But hey, let me have a conversation with you and have multiple conversations with you and make sure this relationship would be God-honoring in every single way. And if it's not, I'm comfortable with walking away because I have all that I need already. I don't need to get married before Jesus comes back. I don't need to have kids before Jesus comes back because I have all that I need already. Y'all, Jesus completely removed that desire from my heart. And it feels like freedom. I have higher standards as a result. I live in freedom. I live a better life as a result. And it has just truly been the coolest thing in the entire world. I don't know if this is going to be your story or not, but I felt the need to speak it because... I know there's probably so many girls who are struggling with a similar thing, who are crying themselves asleep every single night, just wondering, God, where is he? Where is my guy? Where is the man who's going to be the father of my kids? Why am I not a mom yet? I understand your pain. I do. 
but God's got a beautiful plan for you. And I can't wait to speak on this in a couple months, years, whatever it might be, when I do have my person, when I do have kids, and I know it's going to be great. I know the Lord's got someone awesome out there for me. I know my future kids are going to be incredible human beings. But even if not, even if I don't get that, I have all that I need in Jesus. And I want to end with reminding you that God is a father and he's a loving, gracious father who wants to give you good gifts, but his way is best. His timeline is best. And I hope that this episode and a little bit of my story can give you encouragement to wait on his best because you deserve it. God deserves it. The testimony that is going to be your life and is going to be your marriage and your relationship with your children someday deserves it. So please be patient in this season. I know it's so hard if you're walking through this season with me. It's so difficult. Pray bold prayers in this season. Seek the Lord often. Do whatever you can to find fulfillment in him. Because life is so great when you do. I love you guys. I'm praying over you guys. And I hope that this message really just reached someone who's in a season of struggling because, man, there's fruit on the other side. And I'm just so excited to see, yes, what the Lord's going to bring you, but also what he's going to do in you now. Because just because you don't have those desires that you think you so badly need right now, he wants to do something cool and awesome and amazing in you now. We got to be available. We can't be available when we're always thinking about what's next and what we desire in the future. If you liked today's episode, I would so, so, so appreciate if you guys would leave a review down below. I so love doing this and I would just so appreciate y'all's reviews, your feedback, your story posts. Your support is literally so incredibly appreciated. I love you guys so much and I would talk with you next Thursday. Bye for now and have an awesome week.